Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This is episode 40 with Michelle Diasinos for the Smart Chat series. I am so happy that you're here and thank you for joining my show, your coach, Helen Yuskovic. I am on a worldwide mission to help people get confident in putting themselves first because I used to put myself second my whole life and because of that, I experienced every unhealthy relationship possible. An unhealthy relationship with myself, my health, my wealth, my intimate relationships, my family, my friends, and my career. I'm now living in an abundance that I used to just dream about. So I want to pave the way for you too. It's time, guys. It's time that you live in the life of your dreams as well. So let's take a step towards that right now. P.S. Subscribe to my podcast on your app now so that you always tune in to my new episodes. All right, here we go. I have one of my favorite humans here today, and her name is Michelle Lee Diasinos, and she, it's a second time on the show, actually. I'm so happy to have her back. And she is a conscious parent coach and advocate, author, podcast host, and a mother of two. After a decade of working with families and educators as a teacher and occupational therapist, she recognized the immense impact of the conditioned self on our ability to connect with our children when she became a mother and met herself for the first time. Her journey inwards sparked a deep calling to support fellow mothers as they navigate their unique healing journey. Michelle, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited to be chatting with you again, Helen. (laughs) Before we dive in, because we've got so much to talk about, can you tell us how many hours of sleep you got last night? Oh, I think maybe I got around six. I went to bed and then I woke up for about two hours in the middle of the night and then I went back to sleep again. So that's pretty good for me. All right, let's get into this. Now, let's just quickly start with your amazing career, <laughs> like a sea change, but a career change. <laughs> just so amazing. How did this all unfold for you? 
Well, I'll start by saying that I've always had this feeling that I have been searching for my purpose. And for the longest time, I believed that my purpose was to be expressed through my career. And so that has been an interesting journey. And I think it really starts all the way back at the tender age of 17, when I was doing my uni applications at the end of school. And I thought, what am I good at? I'm good at English at school. What do I want to do? I really want to help people. And I felt very naturally drawn to those types of jobs. And my parents suggested that I get a stable career. So I thought, okay, cool. I'll be an English teacher. I'll help kids. And so that's what I did. I applied for that at uni and I completed that course. And I, I really love learning and I love learning all through life, even now learning every day. And I graduated at that time. I was really lucky in Sydney. It was really hard for teachers to get a permanent full-time job. I've heard. Um, Yeah, it was. And I managed to land a job at that time as a special education teacher. And I was working in a private school for children with autism. And so because of my background in high school education, I was, uh, I've received a job where I was working with older children. And that was my introduction to working life, like official career working life. And I loved working with the students and I loved working with the therapists and the teacher's aides who we had uh, on our team. But It was honestly a very challenging role. And I think looking back, um, I always felt mature for my age, but I think looking back, that was one of the, I think the responsibility of the job felt really heavy. And I felt like I wasn't well equipped enough to, to manage that. And so I decided to go back and get some further study to help me further develop myself professionally. How old were you now at this part? At this point, somewhere in my early 20s, mid 20s, yeah. And I decided to um, get a master's in occupational therapy. And so I did that and that was just so fascinating. It really helped me step into the real details of the job, how I could support people on the spectrum, how I could support their families. And so that's what I did for a few years after that. I I worked in homes, I worked in schools and at different education settings, supporting children, supporting families and lots of different areas. So things like behaviour and uh, self-care, academics. It was like a real holistic picture, which is really interesting. It's amazing. Yeah, I really, I really love that work too. Um, and of course, there were challenges, just the nature of the job. And I think being a person who was always so wanting to get things right and really trying to do a good job, it was very draining as well. So I will say that that was an aspect of it that I found really tricky. But then in 2017, dun, dun, dun. I, yeah, I went on mat leave. And that was for the birth of my son, my first child. And, of course, I didn't know what to expect. You know, no parent, first-time parent knows what to expect. And I did think to myself, though, you know, I've got plenty of experience with kids and I've had plenty of experience with challenging behaviours, so I think I should be okay with this, right? (laughs) And, yeah, I had that assumption. And then it was like... Becoming a parent was like nothing what I expected. And it was 
just so steeped in all these incredible emotions and very complex it was a very complex thing and I quickly realized that that's because it was a complex role and it wasn't just about getting to the mechanics you know it wasn't just about the feeding and the bathing and disciplining your child it was so much more than that and the thing that I found that I struggled with the most was the confidence to make decisions about how to parent my child in a way that felt right for me and I call myself a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> I, you know, every day it's just popping up different ways. Uh, I grew up learning to please others, to be obliging, and I was very sensitive to people judging me. And I think that aspect of it made parenting so difficult because I was constantly, and this is in the early days, you know, with a little baby who does, who has so many needs, and I was questioning myself and these self-limiting beliefs were emerging every time that I had to make a uh, make a decision or somebody was questioning a decision that I made about how to raise my child or even when there were these tough conflicting moments you know these challenging parenting moments that I used to spend as my career helping other people get through and I was asking myself what is going on here why what what is happening? And I realized that I was trying desperately to control the situation and to control my child. And so this kind of led to a very messy period and it led me to learning about conscious parenting. And I realized parenting wasn't about my child. Parenting was about me. Wow. That is a big statement, Michelle. Yes. Yes, and I think a lot of the work out there in parenting now focuses on how do I respond to my child? How do I be, you know, how do I do the right thing? How do I get my child to listen to me? How do I get them to do what I want them to do? But there is so much more than that. It goes so much deeper than that. And that's what I like to support parents with now. And so to finish my career story, or not really finish because I've, it's still going, it will keep going forever. Keeps evolving. But, um, Yes, that's right. But um, I decided to leave my job as an OT and I started my, my own business and got certified as a conscious parent coach. And now I'm studying other healing modalities. And um, yeah, this is me. This is where I am right now. I bags being your first client. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a journey in itself. It's a lot. It's a lot in what seems like a very short period of time. Totally. And part of this journey is you have recently, congratulations, become an author in the book Changemakers 4. Yes, that's right. And do you have a, is it there with you? Did you just look at it? Oh, there it is. And what we'll do for you guys that are listening is we will give one away at the end of the show and we'll tell you how. But before that, you talked about meeting yourself for the Mm. first time and I find this fascinating because I feel like it's a journey that I have been on mm-hmm. and I just wonder who I'm going to meet when I become a parent <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk about this part where you were just like hi Michelle <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it it sounds like a very exciting um, realization but it was really in the messiness of it it was really in like getting down to the core just of exhaustion of confusion and and all of that um when I look at photos of myself 
now to before I became a mother, I barely recognize myself. And I just think that's, that fascinates me. What do you see? I see a person who is really lost under the layers of other people's expectations of me. I think my son was around 18 months when I came to the realization that my whole life was a patchwork of other people's expectations of me. And I was just like this big patchwork blanket. And, and since that realization, I have been pulling those bits apart to find myself under there. I think with my first child, it was, it was such a massive change to my lifestyle. It was such a, a period of time that actually led me to feel like I had lost my identity and I just didn't know who I was anymore. That's hard. Oh yeah. Because who are you without all these labels of like, especially as a person like myself, who'd been working towards a career, my whole young adult life. And I didn't know who I was outside of that. And I realized that I, before becoming a mother, I never actually had a very nourishing and fulfilling self-care routine because I didn't actually understand what it was I didn't I didn't know what it was for and now I realize I need that I need that deep nourishment to be able to top myself up feel myself again so that I can really serve everyone around me as best that I can yeah I think that is part of the self-discovery journey when you hit rock bottom (laughs) <laughs> or when you hit that the messiest of the messiest and have all of that chaos and sometimes actually a lot of people have to get to that point to actually as you said like meet themselves or who am i yeah why is this happening it's a life mystery isn't it it's one of the reasons we're here to uncover the answer to that that's why i love our jobs i do I do love that about it too. It's like, it's not forces, but it, it invites us to keep working on ourselves and it keep uncovering more of, of who we are as we're helping others do the same. And I think that for me as well, when uh, my daughter was born, I had this huge realisation just looking at her in the hospital. Mind you, this is the cutest baby in the world. <laughs> you guys just get each other I love her when she was like my soul sister the first time I met her yeah for a bit of context everyone my daughter doesn't really like people so I was actually amazed by how comfortable she felt around you just her cuddles and have her sitting in my lap as we're doing yoga it's really it's beautiful yeah what I realized when when I looked at her and this it sounds quite cheesy, but it was just like a very overwhelming moment where I was staring at her and realising like, oh, my God, I'm the mother of a daughter now. Like this is a, a new responsibility and I have to, I really have to show up as my best self every day to show her what's possible. And I felt the, the depth of that responsibility in that moment and I guess since then I've really been rebuilding myself or returning home to who I truly am thank you Eva thanks Eva (laughs) that's so amazing oh Michelle it's time for a curveball are you ready to play yeah let's do it (laughs) what is something interesting 
about you? I recently, this year, went into my Akashic Records for the first time. And that was a very interesting experience to find out more about who I am. What did you discover? I discovered the reason why I am the way that I am and why I was having certain things pop up in my life. And I actually didn't go into the records wanting that answer or seeking any of that background information. It just came out and I thought, whoa, there's something more to this. Wow. How did you find this information? Well, it's interesting. It just started kind of popping up. I was hearing people talk about it. I was reading little things about it. And then I came across a book that my friend actually, um, my friend Susie reached out to me and said, hey, have you read this book? And when I looked at the picture that she sent me, I felt like a full electric feeling run through my body. And I thought, whoa, this means something. I have to do that. And that book was by Linda Howe and it was How to Read Your Akashic Record. Yeah, cool. I'll get a link to that and put it on our show notes. Yes, for anybody who is interested. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Let's continue our discussion. Okay. How does one, Michelle, how <laughs> does one journey back to self? Because I can imagine we've got parents listening and they might be feeling the chaos and the mess. How does someone journey back to self and maybe recognize any conditioned behaviors that they have? And why is that important in parenting? This is a very good question. And I want to... I guess, continue our conversation from earlier in saying that everyone's journey is so different and everyone has such a unique path. And for the parents listening here who this resonates with, and for me, motherhood was that catalyst for journeying home back to myself, but it doesn't have to be that kind of life change that strikes up this, or this begins this healing journey for other people. It could be an accident it could be an injury it could be the loss of a loved one it could be a health crisis it really can be anything significant to this person in their life and I believe that one of the first and early practices that you can that you can um, engage in to help you is to clear out those distractions clear out that noise to allow those layers to peel back So for me, this just started with my actual physical environment. This was just like decluttering and just getting rid of all the noise and like actually starting to decide what feels good for me. What do I, what lights me up? What feels good? And I think peeling back these layers and it, it, it starts with the physical and then it starts to go in a little bit deeper as you start to question, question yourself. And I think that this allows us to make way to start out hearing our inner voice and start cultivating our intuition because we're so used to listening to others, especially if you are too a patchwork of other people's expectations. And we're so used to living in our heads. A powerful but simple, very, very simple activity or exercise that you can do today when when you find yourself in a conflicting moment, you may be arguing with your child or you might be like, why is this, what's going on here? Like, it just doesn't feel right. In that conflicting moment, just take a breath and drop out of your head and into your body and tune into the sensations in your body and ask yourself, 
what am I feeling right now? What am I needing right now? And they sound like very simple questions, but if you have spent many, many years being told to and then practicing hiding your feelings or burying your feelings under um, protective mechanisms or lots of noise and activity, it can be really hard to, to uncover what you are feeling right now. And when I started this work, I actually felt numb. All I felt was numbness. I couldn't feel anything below the chaos. And it took a lot of that further excavation for me to start being able to access my feelings. And your feelings really are a, a key or a gateway to understanding what's going on with, with your conditioning. And Did you have a conditioned behaviour that you recognised and have you rectified it or changed it or become more aware of it? Absolutely. And I think it's not like a one and done deal. It can be something that just keeps re-emerging over and over again. And it's something that um, I shared with you earlier before we hit record, which was this need or this desire to be recognised by others or validated by others. And as I said to you, Helen, I thought that I had really worked through so much of that because this year I found, and since becoming a mother and since starting my own business, but especially this year, I've been working a lot on releasing others' judgments of me and being more comfortable and in stepping into my voice and owning my voice and reclaiming my power. And I really thought like, oh, goodness, that's great. I've seen the back of that. And it's just come in strong in the last month. Um, interestingly, with the release of the book as well, and then with further things that happen after that, some really old conditioned beliefs um, and behaviours were re-emerging. So just get quiet and listen. I, I think that it's a, it sounds simple and I know it can be challenging to do, but it, it really can help you to understand yourself and understand your conditioning and start to truly start living a life that's in a, an alignment with what you truly desire. I think you can tell as well when there's a conditioned behaviour because you it doesn't feel right and you're unhappy or you're, you have a negative emotion uh, when you're doing something as a parent and it just doesn't make you feel happy. Mm -hmm. And then in those moments, I, I like where you said just stop and take a breath because it could really slow down a lot of people, mm -hmm. especially when they're in a heated moment. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And we're, all, we're always going to have those heated moments because that's what being a human is, right? That's just part of the experience. Yeah. The art of... Non-reaction, I, I did a post about that because it really is an art form. So even if you stuff up again and again, you just keep trying mm -hmm. again and again. Beautiful. Michelle, it's time for another curveball. Are you oh, ready to play? I'm ready. <laughs> what would you say? Oh, you sort of just answered it, but it might be something else. What is your biggest health tip that you can pass on to our listeners? I would say take a breath because really it's, a, it's so accessible to us. We don't need to have tons of money or we don't need to have anything really. 
and you can spend you can just spend five minutes in your day it can be first thing in the morning last thing at night in the middle of the day set an alarm on your phone switch it on give yourself the five minutes just to drop into your body take a breath and just be here right now where you are notice what your body feels like notice any tension anywhere notice where your your bottom is on the chair or your feet if you're standing up and just be here in this moment and it will work wonders i love that one i like meditating and it just sounds like a open eye sort of meditation on awareness of self which is beautiful can we talk about parenting a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. and how a parent we always hear how people should talk to kids (laughs) how shouldn't a parent talk to a child that they perhaps want to discipline or punish for being naughty okay i think that this question in itself invites us to ask ourselves more questions (laughs) so this is why she's such a great coach (laughs) I have so many, I got bags and days of questions. Um, What does, I think the first question is what makes us think that we as a parent has the right to punish? That's going to sound weird if, because we've been living in a paradigm that believes that this is part of our role and this is what makes us a good parent to punish and discipline our children. And another question we can ask is why do we want to punish? And what do we believe that our role is to be as a parent to begin with? And I think if we can get to the bottom of those things, that'll help us answer this question. Wow. <laughs> yes. That just blew I, my mind. I love that. I love that that moment of it's like the brain explosion emoji. Totally. <laughs> I think usually parents will say that they want to teach to their child right from wrong. They want to um, show them what's the right thing because they want their children to grow up to be a good adult to be a good citizen but what are we really teaching our children if we're using approaches like punishment or manipulation or even if we have good intentions and we're using things like bribes and rewards what I believe that we end up teaching our children when when we use these approaches is to rely on someone else to tell them what to do it's to look externally to myself for the right thing to do and for the answers And it teaches me if I do this, then I get this. Rather than looking inwards and deciding for yourself, this is the right thing to do or this is the wrong thing to do. And so the other thing that happens is that we're missing an opportunity to model to our children, to show them kindness and compassion and empathy. And this is a sad thing when we miss that opportunity because these are tools that are going to allow us to connect more deeply with our children which is the real secret by the way to getting children to listen to us Um, and it's going to show them too how to learn to cultivate this in their own relationships further on in life as well so how shouldn't a parent talk to a child they want to punish Things like yelling and raising your voice and threatening and even overpraising our children. We may have the best intentions when we choose these methods, but are they really going to guide us to help our children be their best selves and their most fulfilled and loving future adults that they can be? And I also want to say something before, before we move on to the next question, which is that 
I know that it's hard and I get it because I'm with two small, very strong-willed children almost 24-7. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I get it. There are going to be moments where we can't help but revert into the things that we learnt from our parents or we learnt from society or we learnt from TV or the media as what we think is the right way to work with, to handle another person, to engage with another person. And if we're not taking care of ourselves, if our needs aren't being met, our nervous system's going to be completely always constantly triggered and we're going to be feeling very very vulnerable. So I understand these things do happen. We do yell, we do scream, we, we do feel the urge to try and control another person. So please don't be hard on yourself if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, no. oh no I've done a lot of yelling in my time or I'm going to do a lot of yelling tomorrow (laughs) because as we said earlier as Helen said earlier this is the this is being a human this is the art of balancing all of this that's it cut yourself some slack and just you can tomorrow is a brand new day every moment is a new moment and we can choose a new moment every time and we our goal is not to be perfect our goal is just to become more aware and be more transparent about making some mistakes in front of our kids it's okay when you make a mistake and some of my most precious moments with my kids is after I've just totally had a meltdown and I've had the tantrum (laughs) and then (laughs) later that day we're lying in bed and I say I'm so sorry that I acted like that today because you know, I felt like this and I acted like this and I know that wasn't the right thing to do. And that is just opening up a huge opportunity to, to for connection with my children. And they're really small kids and they still, they still feel the genuineness of that. That's so beautiful. What a great way to connect with your children. I love your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, it's time for your last curveball. Are you ready to play? Oh, there's another one. Woohoo, yes, let's do it. I love random acts of kindness. So my question to you is, mm-hmm. what was your last random act of kindness? On our holiday that we just came back from. Michelle and I went away, not together, and <laughs> we, we picked the rainiest really week. We did. <laughs> the rainiest week ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thinking it would be so nice and hot and sunny for the beach, but it really wasn't was just to buy a box of ice creams and leave them in the freezer for the next people. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it was fun. That's amazing. <laughs> I would think I struck gold if I checked into a room and found ice cream. So yummy. We love ice cream. Who does? Does, it, does anyone not love ice cream? I don't know. I know, right? <laughs> I love ice cream. Now let's move on to your last question. I just want to flip it a little bit. I was talking with one of my clients and we were talking about how we love watching our nieces chuck a tantrum. Yes, that's an interesting thing. (laughs) And we love their strategies and Mm. their tactics and what they do when they want that attention. Um, Mm. We're not the parents, so we can enjoy this moment. (laughs) But It's less triggering for you. Yeah. Yeah. Just sit there and watch and think, oh, her life is so bad right now, <laughs> you know. But what is a perfect child and how can a parent know that what their child is doing is normal, inquisitive behavior and not something that needs to be uh, 
drawn back on? Mm, this is a great question. And I think that I'll start by saying this is the thing. There is no perfect child. So why do we insist on holding on to this expectation for our children to be perfect? That's one exactly. thing. Yes. And I pull myself up on this personally all the time. And further to that, why do we as parents feel that we have such a deep belief that we should be perfect? (laughs) It's very deeply ingrained behaviour and we may not even realise that we're doing it. So we torture ourselves. We torture our children when we fail to accept that a lot of what we classify as, and I'm using quotes here, bad behavior it's really just one our child is not developmentally ready to navigate that situation in a way that we are expecting them to Mm -hmm. and two that bad behavior is really just an unmet need and your child especially in the example with your niece that you've just given they're using any resource they can to communicate this to us that they have an unmet need and To answer your question, what I will say is do some research. Have a look at the brain science. If you're really concerned about your child and and what they're doing, firstly, question yourself, like, is my expectation reasonable here? Like, is it reasonable for me to expect my three-year-old to be able to do this, 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 and this? Mm. And what we can do is um, there's a really great resource online. It's by the Centre for Parenting Education. And I really like this resource because it draws information from reputable sources and it gives a really realistic explanation of what we can expect, like the really delightful things or maybe things that we're going to find challenging up ahead. And you will find that reading through that so much of what in the past culturally we would have been forcing kids to do was just not appropriate for them to do. And that's what, you know, and we do this because we see our parents or TV showing us this is how we're meant to parent Um, or we feel the judgment from other people and we're like oh no that person at the park is looking at me because my child's running around screaming you know how much of it is it that we're just worried it's a reflection of us and our child and how much of it is actually uh, to do with how ready that child is for whatever the expectation is and we all vary so vastly as well so I just wanted to say that these you know, any kind of research that you read is a guideline. It's a wide guideline. But if you are concerned, you can always go and see your GP and ask for a referral to see a psychologist or a therapist who specialises in working with kids and they can complete an assessment with your child to see whether their behaviours and their capabilities are actually falling within a typical range. But I'll, you know, and that's, that's important too because in those situations, we may have a child who needs that extra support. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you so much for your time today, Miss Michelle. But before we go, Mm -hmm. is there anything that you want to add? Is there something coming up for you or something that I might not have asked you that you want to share? Yeah, actually, I would love to share a new platform and it's called Heal My Story. And... I will give you the information so you can share it with everyone. But one of the things that I have found on my journey of finding myself again and healing myself has been reclaiming my voice. 
as I'd mentioned earlier. And that has really meant owning the parts of me, even the parts that I didn't want to own. So the darkness, the, the secrets that I would never, ever want anyone to know, the realizations, the confessions, all of this stuff that happens when we're on a healing journey and we're peeling back all these layers and some of it's like so messy and so, uh, and we don't want anyone to see it. This is what Heal My Story is for. So it's a platform where you can anonymously leave aspects of your journey, things that you've discovered as you've been healing. And I've made it anonymous because I know how scary it can be to really own your truth and speak it. And if you're feeling ready though to, to own it, then leave your name and your details and we can publish them together with your story as well. This is a really special project to me. I would love it if you could share a link with all your people and they can feel free to leave their story with us and I'll have it published on the website. Definitely. Thank I'll you. have to add to that too. <laughs> oh, yeah, please do. I would love that, Ellen. That's <laughs> such a beautiful thing that you're doing. See how you just keep evolving, Michelle? It's amazing. It's a, one of the beautiful parts of this journey. So good. This woman doesn't cease to amaze me, guys. Just She's always working on herself ever since I've met her. And you're so inspiring, Michelle. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Helen. Ah, oh, what a tip-top episode. We actually have something super special for you today as well. I hope that you found some beautiful insight in today's episode, especially if you're a parent. And if you're not, and you're like me, some information that will help you navigate through your parenting journey once you get there. Now, Michelle has done something amazing for you, and she is giving away a copy of her book, Changemakers 4, where she so bravely shares her story. And all you have to do to get your hands on this book is go to my Instagram post and write underneath the Instagram post one thing that you loved about today's episode or one thing that just really hit home for you that you're going to be able to take away. Thank you times infinity for spending time with me. It really means a lot. Putting yourself first will really help escalate your goals, your dreams, and I love being on the journey with you. So make sure you come and tell me on my Instagram at whole health, which is H-O-L underscore health and comment below this podcast photo to share your thoughts on my show today. And if you enjoyed it, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify so that I can keep bringing amazing value to you. I'm sending you truckloads of love, power, and joy. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.